Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your one true host. Here with me today is my brother Jay who will be in every episode. Yes, that's me. The other the other host. Not the other host, I guess. We have the one true host now. The one true host. However, I am informed by Jordan that as of this last week, Ben host made negative progress on the on the patreon i have heard this so, as well i have so j fan out there we are we are doing it <laughs> we're doing it are you are you we're though? making progress you know what we've been doing so last uh last week we did super carl and brother spirit week on instagram yeah which was super duper fun it was. um and then this week we've been doing like uh, little little meme things on Instagram as well, where like you can do like the this or that, where you right, have like, like two yeah. lines of things. So we've got a bunch. Of, we're doing like a Super Carlin Brothers this or that, where people can choose like on or else or Cap or Iron Man. But then of course we threw in there J host and Ben host. And my goodness, if ever there was a thing where people would just not play the game. Oh, I know. Every, Everyone, I feel like, circled just both. Both. I was like, mm, mm-hmm. A couple people even were like, nice try, guys. Nice try. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, like, you think we're really going to tell you? Yeah, yeah. Going to play favorites? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is mm-hmm. one of those dangerous things where I feel like uh, since the very beginning, you and I have never truly been in any form or competition as to wanting to be the preferred host of any kind. Like, we, I think you and I have always both been absolutely aware of the fact that we both benefit from everybody liking both of us as hosts of our YouTube show. Yes, yes, like, that's true. Like, we both win. This is a weird fan interaction that uh, that we've had over the years on Twitter, occasionally even in person, where someone will inform either of us that we are their favorite. Right. <laughs> and to me, this is, there is, I mean, it's a weird thing to hear because of what you just said. Like, it, you know, we benefit either way. Right. 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 So it's always like, I don't know, like, I know you're trying to compliment me in this moment, but at the same time, like, the other person, like, Ben is my brother, so all you're saying is you, what I, like, you know, it, like, I, what I'm hearing is, like, a little, like, a little shining star of proud, but then also, like, you're more defensive over the other person. Right, yeah. It's like, like it's well, like, hey, yeah. well, that's not very cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's a weird one to deal with. It, like, that's great. That's cool. I'm not even my favorite, so... Yeah. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Thanks. Yeah, it, it is. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because you know that, like, when people come up, it's, it's, I think it's one of those situations where it's absolutely supposed to be spawning from this place of support, but it, it definitely is, like, so hard to react right. to. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, but going back to, like, the, the beginning of Super Carlin Brothers, there was, there was a pretty resounding uh, difference, I think, between, like, you know, you uploaded on Tuesday and I uploaded on Thursday. And the view count between those two videos was always more telling than any voice that someone could say was <laughs> like <laughs> you think just like less people watch your L- videos less people watch my videos yeah but, I, I, but it wasn't i mean if it was that this was still maybe the difference between 300 views or 400 views that, that's, you know? that's absolutely extremely true 
It was one of those like early portions of it though, where I, I think that like so much of me, despite the fact that I was like actively, I, like I was being a YouTuber. Like I, I was putting more content out than than probably lots of people we would run into who would count themselves way more YouTuber than, than I ever would have. Mm -hmm. But I do, I think I always sort of had this like wall up against the idea of identifying or like, like, I don't know. It, it was not something I was particularly proud of. Like I, I it would be, the type of thing where you could know me in my personal life and not know that I do this YouTube channel. Right. Like, like it, was, it wasn't something, that, I mean, the people who were in our very close orbit would know because usually it meant that I couldn't do things because I had to make a video two to three days a week. Right. There were plenty of people who, yeah, like I would never bring it up. And I think that I was, it took me a really, really, really long time to embrace the idea of becoming a, you know, like quote unquote creator mm -hmm. of sorts, which by the way, like, I feel like there is just, and tell me if I'm wrong, maybe there is. Is there even a term that the collective people who put content on the internet agree, like, is the term that we could define ourselves by? Like, oh. because there are so many people who hate the term content creator. There's more people who hate the term influencer. I think yep. that's, that is like the, right. the bottom of uh, the pole. Influencer. Mm, what yeah. a, I don't like that word myself. So my, like a huge portion of my end of the job is, is communicating with brands and, uh, you know, arranging brand deals and doing things like that. And that's like the everyday jargon for those people mm -hmm. like that like you are absolutely frequently even like on a contract it will be like influencer you know like yeah super carlin brothers well the like, problem is that these it's because it's because the brands and the advertising dictates much of the industry and they as a entity need a wide casting net to categorize everyone right. they're dealing with. And so that's why you get this like lowest common denominator word that everyone hates, like influencer or creator or something. At that rate, I don't, it's like, I, I know those aren't the right words, but I don't know what the right one is either. Because I guess like coming coming up into it, it was, you know, I would have said YouTuber. Like that was sure. the thing. Yeah. And you know, everyone's so like multi-platform and stuff now, but still largely YouTube is the main thing that we do. But now it seems like that's, I don't know, assigning yourself a little too much one branded, like, I don't know, like you're on one platform. Right, you know, right, is that, yeah. Is it still accurate? I don't know, I don't know. And it, it's it's almost one of those terms where like, the to say to Google something, you know, obviously just means go look it up. Right. Uh, like regardless of which actual platform you're using. So like, is it one of those things where like, YouTuber would eventually be, and this doesn't even feel right as I'm saying it out loud, YouTuber would be the term for one who makes content on the internet because... Right. Because, of course, one of those platforms would be YouTube, because I don't even think that's true. Right. Like, I think at this point in time, with all the with all the various platforms, I mean, you could just as easily, you know, have Instagram be your main You could have Instagram, platform. you could have TikTok. I don't know how many people are, like, Facebook only. There's, pro there's certainly, there could be. Certainly, I would I would imagine yeah. that there are pages, but I it, it does seem harder to, to press down. But, yeah, like, even in our office, you know, we have the host of the YouTube channel, NerdSync, which has, you know, 500,000 plus subscribers. And, and one of his big, like, stances is, like, he doesn't make content. He is giving you context for a particular, mm -hmm. like scenario or whatever like he, right. he's trying to deliver information to you by giving you the context of the situation right so he actively says like you know he's not a content creator so it's it's so weird it's so weird to think like what 
What do you say? Do you still say YouTuber? I say, <laughs> this is a whole different thing. If someone were to ask me, I would say, I would probably say I'm a professional YouTuber. Okay. Is probably what I would give. However, I will say, I want to know how you handled this situation is that I, in social settings, will basically never bring up what I do. Not because I'm like ashamed of it or anything, but I have often found that, well, one, once some, once, once it's, once it is brought up, one, it will dominate the conversation a lot. And I don't like sort of stealing the conversation in that way. And I almost feel like bringing it up is, I don't know. It feels like a brag, even though I'm not trying to, it's, to well, do it. I know, and I, I've I've had this exact same thing happen before. I've even had this happen while playing Diablo before. Oh, really? Like where I've been, yeah, just recently. You know, like one of one of the things that you can do in Diablo is have your character rushed, which is basically have a higher level character come in and defeat all the bosses, so that you can move on and get higher experience faster and that type of thing. I'm so, so glad I have you to keep me up to speed on everything Diablo Two in all, 2020. All the things Diablo Two, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so like frequently, this takes like 20 to 25 minutes or something. Like it's it's not like a very long thing but you spend an extended amount of time with this other person in the game and so frequently while you're doing it because it's so routine for everybody this is not like i, I wouldn't even think that people would call it cheating because it's so commonplace it's like right. it's common practice it's almost like it's just like the way the game is played it's the way the game is played. you know yeah. no one no one's going on battle net if you want to beat the game yourself go to single player go to single player yeah right. there, there are plenty of other ways to to interact with the game in that way and, and that's not to say nobody does it that way but the, what i'm trying to say is that what i'm doing is not like unusual right yeah but so you spend some amount of time with the people so frequently you do or maybe it's just me strikes up conversations with people and you sort of just like get to know the person who is either doing it for you or you are doing it for and i i have had this happen a couple of times where people like you know like i will completely keep it on them the whole time and sort of be like yeah like what do you do like you know what part mm -hmm. of the world are you from that type of thing and inevitably they will end up you know being like yeah like what do you do and i'm like oh i'm like on youtube and they're like oh my god no way like what's your youtube channel and you know it's like you'll tell them and then almost always there's kind of this like like 90 second pause and then they'll come back and go two million subscribers <laughs> and like then why are you playing diablo 2 with me <laughs> i know yeah yeah and then they like they totally have this uh like total i i don't even know what what how to describe it but you're absolutely right like it becomes this thing where it's like i think it's such a developing kind of career especially maybe like where we live where it's like a bit more mm -hmm. unlikely that you would I, I would imagine maybe if you lived in new york city or la it wouldn't be so uncommon for even multiple of your friends to have some type of online presence as part of their various hustles. It, it, I would bet if you were in like Los Angeles or something, you could talk to people who would identify as a professional YouTuber or something, despite it not being their full-time, like they would identify as that thing without it being their full-time thing. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You know what I mean? I see. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I do have the exact same situation with it though, where I, I tend to, I used to shy away from telling people about it because I was like maybe embarrassed and I really didn't want people to go and look mm. it up and watch my videos because I knew that they were, it, my videos are like, they were cringy to me then. Right. It's not like I look back on them and like, oh, what was I thinking? How did I think this was good? And like, I didn't. <laughs> like it, it was cringy then, it's cringy now. It's always been cringy. But yeah, you're, yeah. So I'm, I'm in that same camp though. Yeah. Well, I also find, so whenever, whenever this sort of thing does come up, you get the same line of questions 
from everyone, which is like, wait, how do you make money? Wait, how did you get started? Wait, like people can't, like, I think it, it, you're right. It's such an emerging sort of profession that people just, they're very curious about it. They're, they're super curious. And then the, inevitably the thing that I think that many of the interactions that I have like this, especially for people who are maybe like less online savvy people, mm -hmm. almost always come to the conclusion immediately like, Oh, well, I should start making videos. Right. And I'm like, it's like, uh, absolutely, yes. I mean. Do it. Go for it. But I do think that people who are less familiar with it probably jump to the idea of like, oh, it's that easy. Right. Like to, to just like, just put them on the internet and people will watch them. I wish. I wish. But what's interesting about it though, uh, like I remember going back to the, the early days of our YouTube channel and you had formerly had a channel that you had, we've talked about it on here before. Yeah. Uh, the John Curlin YouTube channel. That's um, right. That I think at the time had maybe a thousand subscribers or so. Yeah, like 900,000. Not 900,000. 900 to 1,000? Yes. 900 to 1,000. Got it. Got yes. it. <laughs> but so you had went and plugged the Super Carlin Brothers YouTube channel on there. And I think we picked up like 34 subscribers or something like that. Something. It, so it was, we, we had more subscribers than none, like as of something more than just the channel trailer going up. Yeah. Like we... We put up the channel trailer. I put up because yeah, the John Carlin channel had been dormant for I don't know a couple years or something. Right. And I I put up a video on there saying, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm doing this new thing with my brother. We're gonna be uploading a video every day. It's called Super Carlin Brothers. You can go check it out right here. Yeah, and I think we got yeah 30, 40 subscribers, something like that. Right. So we we had like a bit of a jump start, but there was. There was a part of me, like in the beginning, when you when you like put like a piece of content up on the internet, it almost seems like if it's a public piece of content, it will somehow get views. And I very frequently I always wonder like, who is this person out there who is watching the video that has like four views? Right. Because someone- Someone found it. Someone found it somehow. Well, this is, this was an interesting, it's like, it's like a bunch of like mental exercises and routines you have to like learn and internalize when you're starting out on YouTube, I think, which is that like any number of views is views, which is something, but there's always this fear. I remember the very first time I ever uploaded a video at the faulty thermometer back on John Carlin. So good. <laughs> Thank you. It was, it was like super, I was very afraid when I was uploading it that people would see it. Oh yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Which, which I think is a really common thing. You're like, oh my God, I just, ah oh man. You're, you're making yourself very vulnerable and very open to criticism. This is like, this is me doing a thing where I am trying to be funny. And while I was working on it, it was so fun and I thought it was funny and I wrote these jokes and I recorded this thing and I edited it all together and then I'm gonna put it up. And then as soon as you put it up, you're like, man, what if it's not funny at all? What if it's not, what if this is just me looking like an idiot for seven minutes, you know? <laughs> and all of my friends are gonna see it. But, it, uh, and it's this weird hurdle you have to get over where you're like, okay, I uploaded it. I really hope no one sees that. But then also the point is- For people to see it. You do want people to see it. Like you're like very worried that, or, or yeah, you were very worried that like everyone's gonna see it. And that's a scary thing, but it's also sort of what you want. But then the reverse is also true, where once it's up, you almost assume, or you're afraid that that everyone has seen it. Yes. You know, yes. like oh my god, it was out there. Like every, the whole world has seen it. Every, yeah. Or, like it's up. Uh, everything's revealed. <laughs> the curtain has been pulled back on me. Right. 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 But the thing is, like that that would be great news <laughs> if everyone had seen it. 
ev I mean, ev if everyone had seen your video, great news. You can retire. You can, yeah, exactly. You can retire if you can, everyone saw your video. <laughs> you can now be proud of it. Great. Good news. You have 7 billion views. You're amazing. <laughs> yeah, our our entire YouTube channel, I think, has half a billion views. Right. So, so yeah. So, great news. Great news. But this, this is, like, the weird things you go through. Like, man, everyone knows that. Every, I, I said it on the internet, so now everyone knows this about me. Right. Like you assume your entire orbit is aware and beyond. But that's not true. Right, right. Probably. I think the, the thing that was most interesting to me about when you uploaded that first video about a thermometer was not that, not that at any point in time I had ever like thought that you were not like a funny person. Like I knew that of course, like we had been friends as well as brothers for a very long time. And obviously we have all these like hilarious memories of doing crazy things together. So it's like, it's not that like I wouldn't associate like laughter with you, but it was, I did not associate you with the type of person who was like writing jokes in a manner that was like intending to be funny. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think was like maybe one of the most interesting. It was almost like I got a glimpse of what must be more about you, like your internal workings and the way that you think that I had like never seen before, despite having spent 20 years of my life, right? You know, in immediate proximity to you. Yeah. Um, so it, it's very true that I think that you uploaded this first three minute video about a thermometer and I got to know you better instantly because of it that's very interesting i think i remember our mom having a very similar reaction to like 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 she'd never met me before or something yeah yeah, yeah. and maybe maybe this was just like a really freeing moment in my this was like a turning point of my whole life maybe <laughs> I, I i think that there's there's a a chance that that was happening at this particular stage of your life i remember you were taking like an intro to acting course was that before or after the faulty thermometer that was after that was after. Okay. That was after. Okay. That is like one of those moments that to me, you took this like this one class that I feel like you really like embraced. Like you weren't going to the class and sort of like sitting through the lecture and knowing enough to pass the test, which is that how you treated classes anyway? That's how I usually treated classes. Which is what? Which was like, I need to go and learn enough about geology so that I can pass this course. But it was never like, I was not taking the class and being like, man, this is so cool. I know so much more about minerals and rocks and Mohs hardness scale and things like that. Like I, there are bits of information that I retain from taking the course, right. but I was not like thirsting for knowledge about the class. Like it was, it was an obstacle that was in my way that I needed to complete in order to continue going forward on my path. Right. Um, and so I, I guess like my, my point being like when you were taking this intro to acting course, it seemed to me like you were like going to class and trying to take as much away from it as possible and then put that into the application of the process of then acting for your projects well a, a little bit so as a senior at virginia tech a very popular uh class choice was just intro to acting because often okay. you had a lot of free elective space but you needed to take x number of hours to remain a full-time student or whatever right so but you know most of your classes were now your major ones so you would take easy otherwise classes and a lot of people or recommended at least to me uh, intro to acting would be a good one and because specifically it, it was very fun because mostly it was improv every day okay however <laughs> uh what i learned was there are two professors 
who taught intro to acting. And one of them was very, let's do improv every day. Everyone's just taking this class for fun. And the other one was very, this is a serious business. This is how you prepare for auditions. This is what acting is. Acting. <laughs> and uh, that's the one I had. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Okay, okay. Yeah, but I, I think my acting teacher did not really, uh, I don't know. I don't know if she didn't like me very much. I don't think she thought I was taking the class very seriously. And she wanted all of her students to be like acting majors. And I was just someone who was taking it and I don't think she appreciated that sentiment from the student body. But uh, the, the fact was that I was somewhat taking it to learn more about how to, I don't know, present like a character or be on camera or something like that. Right. For the sake of YouTube. Um, but I, so I had a very specific one track. I want to get better at YouTube by taking this class about it. And at the time on my John Carlin channel, I had a character that I did called Dr. Joseph Nathan, which I thought was so fun. Uh, he was just this buffoon English fake doctor who knew nothing. And Joseph Nathan is of course just, uh, John, Joe, uh, Nathan, Joe, Nathan, John, yeah. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I, get, I totally get it. You get yeah. it. You get it. Oh, man. Maybe Amazing. it's one of those things where it's like not lost on me at all, but I've also known this joke for so long that I yeah. know that I know the full application of it. So right. everyone at home is like, wow, it's the most clever thing I've ever heard. Right. So I remember there was an assignment in the class where you had to like develop a character and just have them like getting ready in the morning. And so I, this was like, yeah, great. I'm going to do this guy. I'm going to use my little YouTube character. But he's such like a, he's not like a real person. Right. You know, no one would be that dumb. Which is sort of the point. Sure. That's like the juxtaposition. He's a doctor, but he knows nothing. You cannot rely on him. But so I went in there with that and she was like, no, this is completely, you know, it wasn't a real enough person for her. Oh, I see. I see. So, right, right. Yeah. So like that's, that's like uh, sometimes I, I have no idea whether or not this is real, but like if you're, if you're out in the wild, just like out in, out in public and you see somebody who is like a character study, it's mm -hmm. like, you can like look over and be like, like that person uh, is, is like a character. Like they have all these like specific things about them where you can just like sit, watch and absorb and be like, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like now you are that guy from the coffee shop who like, you know, holds his paper down with the mustard or something like, you know, like you, you're taking real characteristics of somebody and then applying them to a character. Right. And so that, that could be like a strange, but believable person. But what you were doing was instead like not a believable character. Right. Like you're supposed to invent a fictional character, right? Right. But like, you're just someone who's not yourself. But this was like fiction within fiction. Okay, you know, it was like uh, I don't know. Uh, you you became like a cartoon character. Yeah, it was, maybe. Yes, yes, that's very that's a good descriptor of Dr. Joseph Nathan. He was kind of a cartoon character. Kind of a cartoon. Character. And I think that was how I was even described by this professor as a little too cartoony. <laughs> hey, well, you know what? But you know what? Look at us now. Look, hey, it, it's it's honestly it's kind of funny that 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 was that teacher's perception of you, mm -hmm. and then my perception of you taking this class as being this sort of like to me, you know, as an outsider looking at your life seemed like a, a somewhat pivotal moment. Yeah. And so that's, I don't know. I think it's really funny. Well, cause I did a lot of stuff that year or not. I mean, I think what it came down to was as I was wrapping up college, like I had my major and I knew vaguely that I was sort of going into reporting and what I wanted to do. And I, but like, but I sort of knew like what I, what I really hoped, even though it was very much a pipe dream at the time was to like try and do YouTube in some way. So all of my electives were sort of like aimed in that direction. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I took, yeah, intro to acting. I had like creative writing and creative nonfiction and 
I, I don't know. I took a bunch of writing classes and stuff like that. So, okay, this is kind of interesting because it would, I feel like it leads to a, a sort of interesting potential question. And that is like one, one of these like sentiments that I've never really, I, like, I, I don't know that I like really fully embrace. Although sometimes when something bad happens, it's like the immediate thing you reach for is this idea of everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, that I have, I have thought about it so many times in all of these moments in my life where I was kind of like really disappointed that something that I wanted to work out didn't work out. Mm -hmm. And, but then I can also go back to those situations and sort of like trace the path going forward and be like, man, if I had gotten that job or if I'd been accepted to that place, or if this, that, or the other had happened, if that girl had said yes, you know, then like yeah. everything Who knows? would be different. Who knows? And yeah. that's like one of these things where I've, I, you know, I've of course become so happy with where my life is at and the people who are in my life and like what my career is like and all these types of things, you know, that I, I go back and like, so I, I, the question I was going to ask you is it's kind of fascinating because like leaving college, there probably would have been this moment where if you had been hired to go and be a reporter at like a, a prominent news station. Right. That would have been like, you know, for the whole family, like the celebration of all celebrations. Like right. that would have been like, Hooray. Jay did it, you know, yeah. like, you know, our <clears throat> dad, we grew up and he was a TV news anchor. It always sort of seemed like your trajectory. It was sort of the thing that you embraced in college. You really went after it, you know, and you like you even to the point where you were doing like this YouTube extracurricular activity almost would have seemed more supplemental to that career path. Right. Like maybe some point going down the line of you being a, a, a news reporter and growing your career and being this person who could bring a sense of humor to uh delivering maybe potentially hard-hitting news mm -hmm. it, it's almost like you you could have looked back on it and been like i think one thing that really helped me was like dipping my toe into that youtube water a little bit right and that and then that would have been a part of that story right and instead so much of that journalistic approach i feel like really prepared you for this path instead. yeah it was almost as if i was doing youtube to prepare for that but ultimately all the stuff i was doing in college prepared me more for youtube right like all the all the prep work i did for being like a reporter like it gave me all like the base skills to then transition over to like youtubing right a little bit right yeah. and I, I think that's interesting because I, like a big portion. So I like in school and going to college, like I really didn't have, I'm envious of people who like, know, like I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a marine biologist, whatever. Um, because I really didn't know, like selecting my major was almost like, I remember like pulling the little drop down menu and being like, huh, mm. <laughs> I guess I'll, this one seems good. Good. Right? And so like, you know, I selected marketing and it was kind of like, okay, you know, that's a business class. It seems like it would, it would leave options available right you know like i'm not going to like have a very specific field i have to go work in i can probably go do something businessy right um and then as my business courses kind of continued and stuff i got like a bit better and i sort of embraced it a little bit more and i took on like a double major and did like some entrepreneurial management thing and um but even still like while i was in college i was not really thinking like I'm going to leave school and I'm going to run my own business. Right. You know, like I, like what I, I applied to work for living social, which I think is kind of like a Groupon type of. Oh, right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. You You're know, like, like a sales rep for living social. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Because they came and they talked to one of our, you know, head recruiters come and talk to one of our classes. Right. And it was like, you're going to live in DC and you're going to be part of a cool office with ping pong tables. And you know, like oh, yeah. sort of the whole, um, what was that movie about working for Google with the like, yeah, it's like with, with Owen uh, Wilson Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I 
feel like the that whole idea yeah. was very prominent at that point in time. Like, you know, the office is going to be cool. And we're going to have Nerf gun walls and nacho <laughs> parties. We and have that anyway. We do. We do. We do have that in our office. Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop.
But like in my mind, that was like my best case scenario. It was like, I'm going to go live in Washington, D.C. I'm going to work for this like hip company. And right. like that will be the thing that makes me unique to the people who stayed here in small town Virginia. Yeah, I went to D.C. Yeah. I didn't get it. I didn't get the job. You get the job. I did not get the job. I and like I remember being really excited and nervous about like the phone interview. Right. You know, and I didn't even get a follow up. Wow. Like, that was it. Hmm. That was just like my my whole thing. And it's it's interesting to me because I think a lot of people have seen the trajectory following college and you know, like I did this aquarium business and then that sort of morphed into the YouTube business, which right. has, you know, been successful. And then from there we have like a coffee company and we have all these different ventures and lines in the water. And, and like, when you look at it with, with my majors in college, it sort of looks like I was like, oh yeah, like he's the type of person who's going to go and, and do all these businesses and take risks and, right. you know, be a, I don't know, innovator of ideas or something. Right. And it's like, what I really wanted to do was go and work like for a company that I perceived to be cool because it was the one recruiter that came and talked to my operations management class. Right. And there, there's always been this thing in my mind where it's like, what would have happened if I got that job? And you moved to DC? And I moved to DC Man. and like that had just been... Would we, yeah, probably would have been harder to do Super Carlin Brothers. Not not just harder. I mean, I feel like a huge, a huge uh, key to us doing Super Carlin Brothers was the fact that I was going to continue to live in small town Virginia and I was refusing to move back in with mom and dad. Right. <laughs> and it was like, it was like, Jay, like I have found a house for rent. I, the person is like, like an aquarium client of mine. So I was able to negotiate a super reasonable rate. We're going to be able to split rent three ways and it's going to be super cheap, you know? And yep. I think our rent literally like per person was $267. If yeah, I remember correctly. It's pretty good. It's pretty solid. It was, yeah. It, it, it was like a, you know, a multi-bedroom house with a backyard. Yeah. Not so bad. Not bad at all. But your, your big condition of course, was that I do super Carlin brothers with you. And I was kind of like, okay. Like if I, well, because at the meantime, I, I too had, you know, graduated and I was not so stringent about moving back in with our parents. Right. So I just had a full-time job and was living with mom and dad. So I was just saving lots of money. Yeah. Which to me, I was, like this is already like you know you my my girlfriend beth who is now my wife you know did move to dc and she taught uh there for a year so it wasn't like oh man it's really it'd be really great if i had my own place so you know i could have my girlfriend over all the time and stuff you know like that i had a girlfriend but she you know she didn't live there she didn't live there so it wasn't really a big deal it's just right. like whatever may as well save money <laughs> right right you know? exactly but so yeah there was there was, I needed some more incentive to leave this situation. Right. Yeah. But I, I will go, I will, yeah. To talk to your point where people have such a clear mind about what they wanted to do. I remember, because I got yeah, hired at this concert venue. Right. Uh, here in Roanoke as the marketing coordinator, which, man, it sounded like such a cool position. It, job titles are the most misleading things on the planet. It's like, now if I hear marketing coordinator, it's just like, so you that's just entry-level marketing, basically. Right. Yeah, that's just what that means. It sounds so impressive. Right. Like coordinator, oh my, wow. Uh, but I even think... Even this particular job was like very well suited to YouTube prep. Yeah. Because largely what I had to do, or a, a big part of it was that I, I was the, the Photoshop guy, I guess, which I had very little Photoshop skills when I started. Right. But just by necessity, I had to go in there every single day, basically, and either make new little like billboards or signs for the marquee outside and 
the uh, tip they always gave you was like stand back from your computer and like or reduce it down to the size of a postage stamp and see if you can still read everything uh-huh. because people are driving past these billboards or signs at 50 60 miles an hour it's going to be there for two seconds so you gotta be able to, like, they got to be able quick. to take it in it has to be not a lot of information but it needs to be enough to get them to remember it and to hopefully buy a ticket sure you know so but realistically, so what I did for five years was just make thumbnails. You I, know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's super interesting. So there, yeah, because I've thought about this before with you, especially is there's like the Malcolm Gladwell book called Outliers, which yeah. tells like the story of like how and why the Beatles were such good performers. Mm-hmm. And it's because they put in this like 10,000 hour rule Yeah, where, you know, they went and they were playing at these like nightclubs for like these ridiculously long shows, like yeah. overnight shows. And so they just got really, really, really good at performing and being lively for a really long time right and i feel like when you were working there and and as it translates now you i i would be willing to like go out on a limb and of course i'm somewhat biased because it's our own office but i would have to imagine that you are on the top one percent of people who can make compelling thumbnails in oh. in all of youtube oh thank you and i would I, I feel like to say top one percent that's that's like you know that feels like still there are plenty of people who are good at it but i, I think you are right there with the best oh thanks um and and I've always sort of been like, man, you know, like if it wasn't for the fact that Jay had spent all this time figuring out how to translate a small amount of information into like a, a you know, yeah. like an image like that. Right. W- what would our channel be like? Because so much of what makes a video clickable is the thumbnail. Oh yeah. I mean that, that a good thumbnail will change, you know, the view count by hundreds of thousands. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Know. Yeah. And so, no, that's, that's, that's always been like our, our small, you know, touch into this idea of, you know, that 10,000 hour rule, like something you got really strangely good at in a way that translated to what we do now that like has a ripple effect that's unfathomable. Yeah, I'll tell you, it was interesting going through my, my like thumbnail progression for the channel because right when you start, you're like the idea, like, well, the way we did it was we'd come in from work and write a video and then shoot a video and then edit a video and then like upload it and whatever, like all of it in one night. Right. And it was, you know, really a lot of work. Yes. <laughs> and the last thing you wanted to do after what felt like you were finished was make a thumbnail. Oh, yeah. And so, so often you just click, you know, YouTube will offer you three random screenshots from your video. And it'll <laughs> oh, just be like, that one. <laughs> I'm not blinking in this one. Yeah. And, you know, it was just us talking about random stuff anyway. Yeah. So it didn't seem like a thumbnail, you know, uh, how is this going to make a big difference to it? Yeah. And from the kind of channel we were running at the time, you know, it seemed like you wanted people to be interested in you. So you wanted you to be in the thumbnail. Right. And as time went on it was it was such a weird progression of like okay just me in the thumbnail that's like the lowest form sure. if it's me with a text that's a little bit better if it's me with a picture of a popular character still better if it is just a popular character man look at that much better popular character with text hey the, the further you get from me being in the thumbnail, the much better the video would do. And right. It's just sort of like, it's like a little discouraging because you're like, man, I've put a lot of time and effort into trying to build this image and just, wow. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like you think you not, like, and I remember thinking that like it, the idea in the beginning was almost like us being in the thumbnail would be the pull. Right. You know, like I, I remember thinking it's kind of like, oh, okay. You know, like th- this person looks interesting. Click. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no not true no, at no, all. No. Um, and I, I mean, this was this was such a thing 
that I think for for me, I felt like very much represented how little I fully understood it. Because I, I mean, you were using thumbnails long before I ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, I also had just, you know, the, the software on my computer. And I don't know if you did. No, I, I don't yeah. know if you'd ever opened Photoshop. I, I think I have opened Photoshop in my entire life three times. Mm, okay. And all of cool. those three times, I feel like I got stuck on an eyedropper and can never really make anything else work. It is weird because... Why, why is the eyedropper... The, like, why that? I don't know. I don't know why you, get, why you get stuck on that. But I do remember my first class that I ever had to use Photoshop in. It was like... oh, uh, What was the name of the class? I don't, I don't remember the name of the class. It was Media something. I don't know. But I remember that it was just going through real basic stuff like that and I would consistently get stuck with like a problem or and I couldn't figure out like what was wrong and there's like a thousand little hurdles you have to like get around in Photoshop right that again when you're just using it every day you just get used to all the little hurdles and you eventually can narrow in on what the problem is every single time right you just stop making all the mistakes or running into them or have the settings such that you got it figured out because I would get you know called in by my boss sometimes and be like what I'm trying to do this thing in Photoshop and it'd be like oh the super duper simple thing you mean just press that button cool done right 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 (laughs) But those are always the good moments, too, because, like, look how smart I am. I solved your problem so quickly. That's right. I seem so impressive. Right. Yeah. Um, See, me, on the other hand, I was always using Preview, uh, which is, like, Mm. if you download an image on, like, your desktop on a Mac and you click it, it opens with Preview. Right. And so I, I feel like my whole version of it was like, okay, like I figured out what transparent files were, like PNGs. Oh, yes. And so it was kind of like, oh, I see. Okay, so if I find a PNG, then I can put that on top of the image of myself. Yeah. And kind of sort of have a little bit there you go. of a thumbnail. A little more interactivity. But that's literally, so I was not using Final Cut Pro or Adobe Premiere. I was using iMovie and I was not using Photoshop or any type of mm-hmm. photo editing software. I was using Preview. Yeah. And that was, that was like the extent of my, my know-how in, the, in, in that particular area of the, you know, creating process i guess yeah uh but then there was uh, there's always been to this day this like strange thing where i'm sure that people who know me as someone who makes you know content for the internet yeah there is the assumption that these are things that like base knowledge i would know how to do and i feel like every other youtuber and creator who has come to our office and spent time with us here knows how to do these things Mm -hmm. and i've always had you (laughs) and so it's like i've i've like to this day still this is not like an area like where i've been able to develop a skill set that i can have in my toolbox because at this point in time it feels like you've spent so much time doing it that like the distance between me not knowing how to get off the eyedropper and getting to the point where i'm in the top one percent of thumbnail (laughs) creators on the on the platform is quite a distance it, it might be. But on the other hand, there's stuff that you do. Like you, I mean, you handle a lot of like the, all the, like the brands and stuff we work with and all the, all the, the various people in the industry that I am not as good at dealing with stuff like that. The, I think, I think that the, the balance um, of our skill sets play very nicely with each other. I I've, think so. I've also thought before the fact that we are a, a duo of people mm-hmm. is something that I think helps keep sanity uh, for someone who is in this particular line of business yeah. in a way that um, 
I, I have seen like, you know, fellow creators and stuff who, who might be like going through like a hard time or their channel, like maybe have like taken a dip in, you know, popularity for whatever reason, uh, algorithm even. Yeah. Um, and I feel like having the other person is always like a really good, like balancing mm -hmm. position, you know, yeah. or, or like someone else to have like with you yeah so that you don't feel like the whole world is crashing in on you right um and i've also always found that like whenever you have a partnership it's like if one person freaks out it's strange but it seems like the other person is almost like gains confidence by the other person freaking out it's like oh it's my turn to step up and make sure they know right like we're okay like don't worry like i, I got your back we're good and yeah so it's sort of it, it never seems like both partners are ever down on the same day right uh which is which is extremely helpful i think towards keeping sanity in a world where um you know you've you've gone through all these ebbs and flows and and growth stages of the channel and you try not to like look at each of the individual like numbers or moments or likes or views or comments yeah. and and like like wow it's not as many as it used to be or yeah well that's another thing i feel like when you're when you're going on youtube when you're starting out that you really have to like mentally practice and tell yourself is you know it's easy i think early on for I think, you know, maybe let's just use like maybe the first two months of us doing it as an example where you're brand new to it. And because you're doing it every single day, basically after two months, you are a, a thousand percent better at everything than you were. Maybe you're not even good at it, but you know, you're way, way, way better right, right, than right. you were. Better, yeah. not good, but better. Right. And you know, maybe every single video has gotten a little more views because every single video is basically down to literally the number of subscribers you've gotten and you've picked up 20 new ones in the past two months. And it's like, look at this, it's great. And then suddenly you'll have a video and the views are just like lower and you're like oh my god that's it i've lost it it's everything is the everything is it was all for naught right and it's uh, a pill you have to swallow over and over before i think you get used to it but it's like every new video is not going to be your next best, best video. hit yeah. your next best video well and, and to that tune i feel like there's almost even something like where I, I would say in the early stages of any new project we've ever created there have always been the, this period of time where the information can only bring me positivity mm -hmm. it's kind of like if it's a new venture that we're doing or it's a new channel or an offshoot or you know whatever the case may be uh it's kind of like right now i don't rely on the success of this at all so any success feels like a fun win right like, oh how cool yeah you know but like any loss it's sort of like ah, it's a new project like we're still whatever it's like you know we don't rely on it it's okay like you know my my livelihood's not at stake if you know this gaming uh video that we attempted wasn't popular right you know and like that that's okay we unboxed the box of pokemon cards yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun day that for us fun, anyway it was a fun day right yeah but i think the the big challenge and that's i think even when we both had jobs and super carlin brothers started like getting like a little bit more traction and it was like okay like you know we can we can like take like a, a paycheck from it you know yeah. it's like that's kind of cool like it it buffers our life a little bit you know it's it's kind of like getting a raise because we, we've already been putting the effort into it but now it's like gotten to the point where it's making enough that you know there's something to take away from it mm -hmm. but, you, but you haven't quit your day job yet right so it's like no matter what that all is bonus right it's all bonus until you reach that point where it's like okay we can do this full time and as soon as you go full time with it then it's like now it's not all bonus anymore right now you rely on it right and you can see very easily how for a creator if, if they've had like a super high month and then it's a super low month it's it can 
be very difficult to roll it with can, those punches. It, it just totally can. And if you feel like everything's imploding around you all of a sudden, even if it's not, if that's your perception and that's your reality and that affects your creative process and then you turn out, you know, less enjoyable content or something like, oh, it's just a bad snowball. It's like, I very much understand how and why people get burnt out on YouTube yes. in particular. Like why the burnout rate is very high. Because if it's all on you and everything about your entire livelihood and future and ability to survive in the world depends on your ability to be fun and creative and lively and entertaining and constantly produce it, it's, I mean, that's hard. It is hard. And, and it, it kind of goes back to like what we've said earlier, you know, like where I, I feel like there have been these moments in my life where where it has felt like, oh my gosh, like, you know, may, maybe this is the beginning of the end, you know, whatever the the case may be uh and you go back to that idea of like you know like i don't want to bring up the fact that i'm a youtuber because it like it monopolizes the conversation and then it feels like it's all about me and then you kind of get the sense of all right, i've had this fear before like am i totally taking it for granted like maybe it's one of these things where what if 10 years from now i'm working you know at a desk job because because it all fizzled out people stopped being interested in fandoms in the way that they are the mm -hmm. nostalgia era came to an end or something right and and you might look back on it and be like man there was a period of time where i didn't want to bring up the fact that I was a YouTuber because it was taking up too much. And now now I can't get people interested in what I do at all, regardless right. of how interesting I try to make it. Uh -huh. You know, and you're like, I, I so took it for granted. I, I should have like just been interesting when I was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like at that point, It'd be interesting if that happened to you. I bet at that point you would also have a hard time bringing up that you were a YouTuber. Yeah. You know, yeah. it would probably feel, all, I don't know. I don't want to think about it. It <laughs> happens. It's, make, it's making me sad. Making me, yeah. Hopefully we can just continue to make this, uh, this whole, this whole thing work. That's, <laughs> that's the goal. That's, that's the goal. That's the goal. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Check out our Patreon. <laughs> Great, great time for a Patreon <laughs> plug. <laughs> oh Absolutely. my gosh. J-host, J-host, Jazzy J. <clears throat> anyway, what, what, hmm, you say? Do not bring in Jazzy, about? don't bring Jazzy J into this. <laughs> Jazzy J? Jazzy J is the most compelling thing. <laughs> it's like, I was like, okay, okay. Like I have an opportunity here uh -huh. to be the one true host. Then you invented Jazzy J 10 years ago, apparently. That's right. And now, now I'm like, I'm mega intimidated. And there he is. There he is. Oh man. Okay, so I want to uh, I want to shift gears here a little bit because we've been we've been talking all sorts of been talking shop for a bit. We have been talking shop for a bit. We have gotten some really spectacular feedback uh, to a variety of the different questions that we've asked over the the past episodes. Fire away. Uh, so I want to tell you about some of some of the feedback that we've gotten because I also want people to continue to send in feedback because it is a total joy reading it through is. all these stories. I'm just like sliding through the Reddit and it's making me laugh so much. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So I want to, one of the, one of the stories that somebody sent to us and I, this resonated with me because it seemed like the type of thing that we would do, but it was a moment where somebody thought they were cool. Oh boy. And, and maybe like the perception wasn't that. Okay. Uh, so this is from Adam. So one time he thought he was cool. He was, uh, he started dating a girl while they were in college and he was trying to impress her at a party they were attending. And, uh, while there they had a couple of, you know, libations. Mm a couple sippers he said that he noticed that the host's main light over the stairs was burnt out right and he was like we can't have that can't have and it And so this is like a light that's like 15 to 20 feet like over a stairwell mm -hmm. but if you can imagine it's almost like boxed in so if you could like spread your arms out you could like shimmy your way shimmy up, up, the, up wall. the wall yeah so so adam does exactly that right. in an effort to impress this new girlfriend right 
and he's like, well, I'm gonna shimmy up the wall. I'm gonna change the light bulb for this house. So he's like, I'm gonna go for it. Starts shipping up the wall, gets up there successfully. Maybe he doesn't know going into it that he will get up there successfully because he doesn't bring the light bulb with him. Oh, that's a problem. So now he's at the party. He's up the wall, sort of like spidered up there, you yeah. know? And the, he's like, host, can you get a light bulb? So like the host is like frantically running around because this guy's like, you like, know, yeah. like mounted up Clean on the wall up there. Spider manning. Yeah. yeah. So comes, guy throws the light bulb up. Gets, That's safe. Gets it. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Don't throw a glass. Yeah. <laughs> um, gets it, swaps it out. He takes the old light, light bulb, tosses it down to his new, you know, person that he's dating. Yeah. They catch it. He comes down from the wall like a total champion of champions. And it turns out almost every, everybody at the party just kind of thought that he was being a little bit reckless. Mm. And that it wasn't like the super cool thing that he was able to. It was just like, look at this guy seeking attention. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the end, he ended up marrying the girl. Wow. So. It so, all, jokes on the rest of the people at that party. Jokes on the rest of the people at that party, because if he had not done that, there's a, a small chance talking about all things happening for a reason. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe that's one of those things, that if he hadn't bulb. climbed that wall. Um, but that totally, to me, seemed like the type of thing that me and you and the GMA would do at parties, where we would potentially like climb a rock wall or right. something, and everybody would think that it was... We would think that everybody would think it was cool, but in reality, a lot of people would be like, man, someone's going to get hurt, and it's going to ruin the rest of the night, mm. and they're jeopardizing everything by climbing this rock wall. Actually, do you remember a time, I think it was at the very first VidCon we ever went to, Yeah, uh, we were out with with a whole bunch of our, our other, you know, creator friends. Yes. Um, co content creator, influencer friends. In <laughs> whatever I call these people. Oh, God. They're other, other our, uh, humans. Con squad. Huh? Con squad. Con squad. Yeah, yeah. con squad. Yeah. And uh, this was, like, right at the peak of, like, my rock climbing career. And I remember we were, like, outside of, like, a chain restaurant that had, like, this rock facade wall. Mm -hmm. And we walked up to it. And I don't know if someone was like, Ben, can you climb that? And I was like... Sure Absol can. Absolutely, I can climb it. <laughs> and I, I was like, so, you know, I start climbing up the wall. Before I know it, I'm like, you know, 12 feet in the air to the point where it's kind of like not really that impressive or that big of a deal. But it's also the type of thing where if I fell, I would probably get hurt. Yeah. And so I start like shimmying my way down. Everybody actually, I think people were impressed. I'm going to go with they were impressed. But I jumped down from like six feet up. Oh, higher than Higher than like should ex have. expected. Higher I remember, than 28 year old knees can handle. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So everybody, everyone's like, you know, like, whoa, that was so cool. And I remember hitting the ground. Yeah. And my, my knees and my ankles just like seizing. <laughs> And being like, oh my God, that hurts so bad. Yeah. But everybody's like so impressed that I'm just sort of like, yeah, no big deal. That's, that's what, it's what it you off. do when you're a climber, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's funny. I, it's but, interesting to me that you, that like, it, it does sound like the kind of thing we would end up getting into at some sort of party with our friends in like high school or college or something. But it, I don't know. It, uh, I, I don't feel like I would have ever been doing it with the intent of impressing people. I maybe you know? maybe not with the intent of impressing people so much as feeling like we were cool by doing it. Mm -hmm. Um as as well as just the the general challenge of the thing. Right. Yeah, you know, I think we were all very competitive with one another. So oh, if one person yeah. could do it, John, then the rest of us <laughs> had to do it. Had to try to do it too. <laughs> yes, yes. Although I don't want to throw John under the bus, but he would absolutely make he would Make you do it first to judge whether or not he thought well, he could, he could do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you could do it. Watch you do it, and then do it better than you. Exactly. Did. Yeah, yeah. Classic, classic, classic John. Yeah. Classic John. Sorry to throw you under the bus, buddy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We love you. Oh, okay. Another piece of feedback that I thought was particularly interesting. So we were talking just a little bit about Tiger King, which <laughs> I have not watched. Um, but the the person who wrote this, her name is Iren, uh, E I R I N. Okay. Uh, who lives in Norway? Okay. And 
And she said that her and her family recently started watching Tiger King and thought that it was so unusual that these practices were normal in the United States. Not normal. And had no idea how something like that could be regulated. And it wasn't until she listened to the pop that she realized that even for Americans, this behavior is completely shocking. It is completely shocking. So, but I thought that was super interesting because this is like one of those things where uh, I feel like somehow, some way, shape or form to people outside of the United States looking at this, it feels like an American thing. Like where you, you were like viewing Tiger King as if this is sort of like, maybe they're extreme within the context of owning tigers. Mm -hmm. But like, other than that, like for an American, it might be a totally typical thing to own a tiger. And I was like, it is so interesting to me how if like your perception of another country, if you have such a limited amount of information that is so uh, like striking or odd, Mm -hmm. it could color your perception of that entire, you know, region of the world. Right. Because you're like, oh, like. Because of the nationality or the, like the place. Right. Like you, like you. Like you associate that with the activity as much as anything else. Right. 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 When perhaps that's not really part of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like you, you might think like, oh, totally normal thing for Americans to do to own tigers. What a weird thing. Not no one here would own a tiger. Yeah. Like um, like if we'd been watching, like if Tiger King happened to be about a guy in Norway, right? We'd all be like, man, I didn't realize people in Norway own tigers. Like that guy's crazy, but yeah, yeah. Like you would like maybe you would start to associate Norwegians with tigers, right? Like as, as a result of that particular association, which is like not at all not the case. True. I don't. The only tiger that I, that I'm aware of to ever have been in Roanoke is Ruby the tiger, which yes. used to live at Mill Mountain Zoo. Do you know watching Tiger King made me like really wonder if Ruby the tiger who used to live at Mill Mountain Zoo came from one of these people on the show. Okay, so did dad not post a picture with a tiger and one of the people from that show? Yeah, uh, our dad in his reporting career has come into contact with at least not not uh, Joe Exotic, Tiger King uh, guy, but one of the other people, Doc's... Doc, I'm going to say Doc. If you've seen the show, you know who it is. The guy from South Carolina. Okay. Um, yeah, who has a very similar type compound and stuff. But it, but it sounded like the way they were talking about it on the show, like uh, it's like illegal to sell these tigers and stuff, but zoos are also like, hey, free tiger or whatever. Or like oh, really, interesting. You know, interesting. Stuff. So I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's also just like what counts as a zoo, you know? Like I feel like proper official run zoos that are funded by like city and state probably are following all the rules. Yeah, well, there's there actually four, uh, so like with my aquarium workings, um, there is something that you can apply for that is AZA certification mm-hmm. or accreditation, yeah. which is like the American Zoological sure. Association, something like that. Um, and I remember as we were building out my big aquarium system at the local museum here, which is not AZA accredited. Um, it's interesting because the the like restrictions and rules and stuff are very, very specific. So like all of my countertops and like my workshop down there are made, like the, I built them. They're right. out of like, you know, plywood and two by fours and like lumber and stuff. In order to be AZA accredited, like all the surfaces in your workspace have to be like stainless steel. Oh. And so there, there are certain elements like of what it would be required to be a proper 
recognized zoo. Okay. Um, that would be regulated. And if you failed to meet up, you know, right. to those regulations, you could have it revoked and therefore all the license that comes with it also yeah. taken away. Sure. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Don't know enough about tiger zoo licensing, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. The, the, uh, I would say my, the only reason I'm even remotely a savvy, it has nothing even to do with the aquarium stuff. But at one point in time, we were featuring an endangered species at center in the square oh. in one of our exhibits. And because of that, we had to get a whole bunch of accreditation in place in order to be allowed to do it in the first place right. and to go and collect that particular fish. Okay. Um, so that's, that's why I've been semi-informed. Gotcha. gotcha. Ben Carlin. Owner of endangered species. Not That's really. Right. Not, Not really. really. Oh, yeah, careful. <laughs> Not really. That, yeah, no. Yeah. Once cared for. Once cared for. Yes. An endangered species owned by someone else. Exactly. There exactly. you go. Yep. There we All go. All right. Bravo. Thanks. Bravo. Any more, any more feedback we need to touch on? No, I think that's everything. I think All that's right. everything. We could close out with a corny joke really quick though, oh, because we I believe it. that we completely forgot. Totally blew past the corny joke. Fire away. Okay. Um, do you know why I hate Russian dolls? Why do you hate Russian dolls? They're so full of themselves. Oh, oh those, like, see, because they're like, like they all stack into each other. Yeah. 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 Okay, oh, what do you man. give a sick lemon? Lime off. <laughs> that was an interesting guess. Like time off. Oh, I yeah. see. Lime off. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. It's lemonade. Oh, that's better. That's better. <laughs> that's better. Okay, sure. I was like, citrus pun? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> very close. Very close. I, I, okay. Here we go. <laughs> J Dad Jokes Carlin. That's me. There you go. Um, anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Pop. If you would like to support us over on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash popcorn culture, uh, where we have three different tiers, all of which determine who is the one true host of the episode. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what I'm going to... I feel like the day... That you eventually surpass me and oh, what a day it's and gonna be. you say the words what's popping everybody what's hello poppin'? oh my gosh it's gonna hurt oh. my heart oh, it's gonna be great this is this is why i need people to One go to, to continue to hold my status but as we said earlier all all success we see as as joint success so any which way you guys decide to choose we do appreciate any support and the show will be free no matter what all the time and always that's right otherwise until next time pop pop You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.